Welcome to the Cantina Chatter Podcast. Welcome to the Cantina Chatter Podcast. My name is Victoria, and I will be your host on this galactic adventure through Star Wars, toys and collectibles, pop culture, and randomness from the 80s and 90s. Welcome to the Cantina Chatter Podcast. Great to have everybody back for another discussion of all things uh, toys, all things Star Wars. And to help me do that again, we have Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing good, uh, Victoria, all things considered. I'm really happy to be back on the podcast. Give me something to do while we're in lockdown here. I haven't been seeing any friends in real life, so it's going to be awesome to chat with you and talk some Star Wars. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think it's been a, it's been a while since, uh, you know, you've been on here. I think it might have even been last year, right? It was like yeah, December. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, uh, right at the end of the year, I guess, now that I think yeah, about it. Yeah, we were talking Mandalorian and, mm-hmm. you know, we were, we were chronicling, uh, you know, every couple episodes we were coming together and talking about, you know, how those episodes were playing out and yeah. how we felt about them. So, but we're going to do the same thing now, but it's going to be for the Clone Wars uh, the series that has been running for 12 years, and it's it's wow, pretty yeah. crazy. Not only that it's ran for 12 years, but how it's evolved and changed and really affected Star Wars as, you know, just a central like part of that you know Star mm-hmm. Wars lore. So, um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna break it down. We're gonna react to season seven and the last few episodes, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking some Clone Wars. Yeah, me too. So you've been watching a Disney Gallery on Disney Plus. Uh, yes, I have. That's really interesting. I really like that. Yeah, I watched the second episode uh, this morning. So this season, they're they're focusing on uh, Mandalorian. It's basically the behind the scenes and mm-hmm. making of the Mandalorian, listening to everybody, you know, the directors and everyone involved in the production talk about, you know, how, how it came and how it came to be. Um, so it, it's, it's really interesting to listen to it, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I haven't gotten to the second episode yet, but that first episode was, was really cool to hear um, the behind the scenes stories. I really liked the story where uh, Filoni uh, recounted um, meeting um, Lucas and getting the job. And it's just cool to see the, the the perspective from all the directors, what they bring to the table. Yeah, it is. And uh, yeah, you got to see the second episode. It's it's yeah. it's pretty awesome. Just listening to Dave Filoni, like, you know, like explain Star Wars, basically. And mm-hmm. he breaks it down in a way that I mean, it's it's very obvious that he understands Star Wars and what it means to him personally. Mm-hmm. But, you know, having, you know, worked directly under George Lucas, obviously, you know, he has like such a, a clarity about Star Wars and the way that he conveys, you know, the story of Star Wars is just it, it's pretty amazing. And I think anybody that, you know, especially maybe those who don't really understand Star Wars or never seen it. I think all you really need to do is listen to like his like his take, like the way he discusses mm-hmm. it to really kind of get it and, you know, maybe make you interested in wanting to see Star Wars. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you, you definitely get the idea that he he's really trained and and tutored by George. Um, I don't know if you got to watch uh, the Star Wars show the other week where they had like a, a little interview at the end with George and um, Dave Filoni. 
But yeah, that, that was yeah. a real neat. Oh, that was really cool. Yeah. That was really cool. And the way they pick on each other and everything uh-huh. <laughs> is kind of funny. Yeah, you could tell like the old history. master and the, and the young apprentice. It was like a Star Wars relationship. It was, it was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but no, it's all it's great. And, you know, like we've said before, you know, we're in a period where there's just so much Star Wars content and it's all great. I mean, if you know, I know we've enjoyed the films and, you know, the latest round of films and a lot of people didn't. You know, which is fine. But, mm-hmm. you know, even if you didn't, there's so much Star Wars going around. I mean, you have the Clone Wars, you have the Mandalorian, um, Resistance wrapped up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was earlier this year or late last year that it wrapped up, but I finally got around to finishing it on Disney+. Plus. And, um, I mean, there's just so much stuff. There's so much stuff to take in and, you know, talk about yeah. and, and enjoy. So plenty of Star Wars out there. And, um, you know, it's definitely a great time to be a fan. Yeah, definitely more coming, and it's going to be uh, pick your flavor pretty soon. There's going to be something for everyone, I, I believe. I can't wait. I cannot <laughs> wait for the Cassian Endor series, for Mandalorian season two, for mm-hmm. uh, the Kenobi series. Like any of, I mean, I'm just totally on board. I cannot wait. Yeah. So, all right. So, season seven of the Clone Wars. Uh, this was a long time in the making. Uh, obviously, season six, which you know, when season six came out, it wasn't billed as season six. It was just kind of billed as the Lost Missions, and that came out on uh-huh. Netflix. Uh, I think it was 2014, and uh, those were basically the last uh, episodes in in the series. And uh, for a while, nobody thought that Clone Wars was going to ever get picked up again because you know, obviously, Disney you know took over Lucasfilm and. They, uh, you know, at the time they had other things that were in development. They were developing the 3D uh, versions of the of the films that were being put out in theaters. Mm-hmm. The Phantom Menace did come out in, um, was it 20? It was 2012, right? Early 2012 that that came out. Uh, I don't remember, honest, to be honest. <laughs> I, I think it was 2012. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that came out and the plan was that every year they were going to do a 3D uh, film mm-hmm. uh, for the original two trilogies. Uh, in theaters and uh you know when disney took over they started developing um you know episodes seven eight nine so that got you know mm-hmm. that didn't happen uh and then clone wars got got put on hold or yes, uh, ultimately yeah. put on hold yeah i got axed uh, so uh it's pretty remarkable that clone wars did come back but you know again it was a long time in the making but finally it it did and uh if it hadn't we wouldn't be here talking about the greatness of you know particularly the last part of the season but you know having having a season seven at all was pretty much an amazing thing yeah i kind of think disney when they first bought in that transition time i think they were looking to get away from anything prequels uh maybe it had a stigma out there that it wasn't very good and i guess those people hadn't ever watched the clone wars but yes, when the when the Force Awakens and Rebels came out, it was all about getting back to the the basics and the A New Hope aesthetics and things, I guess. And yeah, like you said, they they canceled it. We got the last season on Netflix, and yeah, I'm really I'm really happy to see the love for the prequels come back around these last few years. Um, Hasbro putting more um, toys out there, prequel focused, and really people diving back into these stories because for me, the Clone Wars is the best of the prequels and it really fills in a, a whole lot in there. Um, and I'm glad to see the love again. I'm glad we got a season seven and, and we're back at it and we got it to close out in a really satisfying way. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the things that, you know, you highlight there about the clone wars is that, you know, it's really been something that's, that's added to, you know, particularly the prequels, but it's really added a whole lot to star Wars and, um, you know, going back 15, 20 years, you know, there were a lot of people that weren't happy, you know, with the prequels, particularly, mm-hmm. you know, older fans that were kids when the originals came out. Um, I saw the originals first. I was in uh, the mm-hmm. first 
I saw them when they brought the special editions back to theaters. I think it was 96, mm-hmm. 97, I think it was. Um, and then I saw the prequels, but I already had that familiarity. So I was still a kid, basically, when the prequels came out. But mm-hmm. I mean, at the time, I didn't I didn't hate them. I didn't love them the way I even then the, the way I did the originals. But, you know, there were things about them that I really did enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. But but it, that maybe wasn't the consensus for the older fans. You know, a lot of people didn't think it was it wasn't what they really expected. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, with Clone Wars, they've had an opportunity to kind of go back and flesh out some of the things, uh, some of the threads that were woven, like between, you know, the, the prequels, like the Sifidia stuff, like the clones, um, you know, like the Jedi and the politics and mm-hmm. all that stuff. You know, when you're looking at a two hour film, there's only so much time you can have to focus to any yeah. of one of those things. But when you're dealing with season seven or seven seasons of a show, you know, you really have a lot of time to delve into that and, you know, break, break it down and kind of explore it a little more in depth. And I think that's what, that's where it really came through is, is by being able to do that and really giving a lot more, um, you know, character to a lot of these characters that were in the films. Yeah. Um, it, it really, I think was Lucasfilm's really first time on screen, uh, diving into something other than the Skywalker saga. And like you say, um, the prequel films really were dealing with with Obi-Wan and Anakin and the Skywalker saga. And, and there's a huge sprawling galaxy uh, to be dealt with here. And this is the first time that we went and we uh, get a humanities side of, of the clones. We meet new characters like Ahsoka. We see bits of the underworld and bounty hunters and Cad Bane and things like that. And that's kind of where we are now with the live action shows. So the show really was in Lucas fashion, you know, pioneering. Um, yeah. Again, you know, getting us to where we are today. And I guess I mentioned I had watched uh, again that uh, Star Wars show interview. And that's what uh, Filoni was saying. Lucas was saying was pushing, you know, if, if this was on a streaming service, this is the future. And he could see that coming. And it's really great to see him, you know, after all these years still pioneering. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. It's 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 very awesome. Um, so let's talk season seven. So uh, when we get back into season seven, and these premiered in, in February, I think it was right February yeah. this year. Um, it, we were kind of thrown into uh, it was the Bad Batch episodes where you know Clone Force ninety nine. Mm-hmm. You know these these wacky clones that are uh, unlike any clones that we've met before in Clone Wars, <laughs> and um, they basically come together to help execute these missions that have been going pretty poorly. Um, mm-hmm. for uh, for the Republic. Um, so when these came out, a lot of people were like, and you know, I felt this way too. Like, hey, these episodes are kind of weird. You know, we waited this long for Clone Wars to return, mm-hmm. but these aren't maybe the greatest episodes. But from my understanding uh, is that these were episodes that had already been in development before Clone Wars was even canceled. Is that your understanding as well? Yeah, um, I believe these were released on YouTube in their unfinished version um, mm-hmm. shortly after the cancellation of Clone Wars. I, I never watched them. I maybe for a couple of minutes put them on, but I just couldn't stand the unfinished animation and the, the wonkiness of it and stuff. <laughs> but yes, to my understanding, I guess these first like about four episodes were were already um, in some form of unfinished state went before they uh, booted back up again. Yeah, and I know they made some changes to them from mm-hmm. what I from what I heard, but. Um, yeah, so what what was your take on these? Because, uh, you know, I always didn't... I know some people don't love, like, the clone-centric episodes from the previous seasons. I kind mm-hmm. of did because I've always loved the clones. And, yeah. you, know, I, you know, I mean, especially the toys. I mean, you know, I, you just gravitate towards, oh, look, there's all these variety of clones and different mm-hmm. colored armor. And, you know, they go into battle against these, you know, robots. And they're led by Jedi. I mean, 
I mean, when you just say that, I mean, <laughs> it's just pretty awesome. <laughs> but then when you yeah, see definitely. it, it takes it to a whole other level. So, I mean, I, I really like the idea of, you know, following the clones, getting to know them a little bit better. So what was your take on, on those first episodes of the season? Yeah, the first, uh, I guess, two, three episodes, I was really on board. I enjoy uh, clone-centric episodes. Um, I like. I don't remember what the name of the episodes were, but the ones before where they would show them doing their training on, on Kamino and uh-huh. the episodes, you know, with fives and, and them learning about the, the chip in their head. I really enjoyed that. And uh, it was really cool now to be uh, let in that there, there's other clones out there that, you know, were didn't take right or whatever, and they have even more specialized abilities and I was really enjoying the dynamic of the crew and the, the, the power structure they had amongst each other and how they interacted with uh, Rex. And I was real on board for the, the first two, three episodes. And I, maybe it was the hype of uh, Clone Wars coming back, but I was really excited. Yeah, it was it was really cool to have it back. I mean, you know, no matter what they gave us, I think, you know, that was going to be the case. It had been at least six years since we had mm-hmm. any new Star Wars, brand new Clone Wars content. So, mm-hmm. um. I think no matter what they gave us, it was it was an exciting time. The Clone Wars are back when you pop it on, you know, Disney Plus, and then you mm-hmm. have that, you know, the the soundtrack, and you see the Clone Wars fading into yeah. space. And love that, yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> you have the the recap, you know, what's going on in in, in Star Wars, and mm-hmm. then you know you get right down to it. It's it, 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 it's really cool. I mean, I'm sure you you followed Clone Wars, uh, you know, back when it was on originally, right? Actually, I was aware it was on. And I guess it was the age I was at. I was interested in playing in bands and stuff. And I know my sister-in-law watched it when it was on Cartoon Network. And I kind of paid attention. But I guess it was around the time uh, when Rebels started up. And it was on Netflix is when I kind of was watching it and actually paid more attention to it. And been like, wow, this is pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't quite hit me. It was like, oh, this is animated. Is this for kids or something? I guess is how I felt, felt when I was younger. But yeah, uh-huh. so... I was aware it was on. Um, I just didn't pay as much attention to it as I have in the last, I don't know, half decade or so. Okay, then you're <laughs> making me feel less bad because I was kind of in a similar boat. Yeah. Um, I did see the film in theaters in 2008 when that came out, but then um, I didn't have a, you know, I'm trying to remember. This was a really long time ago, obviously, but I was, I had mm-hmm. just moved to California in 2008, and uh, I was, uh, you know, where I was living, I don't remember if, if we had cable or not, we may have, but we mm. never really were able to watch. I was never really able to watch TV because, you know, there were kids and um, I, w- I was just never really able to get to it. So uh, I streamed a couple of the episodes. I know Cartoon Network was streaming them over the uh, over the Internet for, for a little while. So up to a point, mm. I was able to watch them. But then when they stopped doing that or at some point, it just wasn't it wasn't happening anymore. So it kind of just fell by the wayside. And. You know, meanwhile, as you know, all the toys were coming out for Clone Wars mm-hmm. and a lot of them were great. But as many toys as they were making for for Star Wars, like Clone Wars at the time, they were making that many, just as many toys for like the, the movie versions of Star Wars, too. Mm-hmm. So I was very uh, I had to be very selective at the time, especially because, you know, like I said, I had just relocated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was working at Toys R Us and you know, I just had to be really selective with with my purchases. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really focus a whole lot on Clone Wars, um, you know, the toys. Uh, back then i wish i had now because uh, i, I yeah. did miss a lot of stuff that I've, I've acquired a lot of it over the years but i haven't okay. there's a lot yeah. that i missed out on um but no it's it's uh it's something that i really really got into you know like like you years later when it did come mm-hmm. out with when the lost missions came out on netflix and um 
I went back and bought the Blu-rays for, you know, all the seasons and I was mm-hmm. able to like really like, you know, sit down and like go through all of them. And um, I kind of felt, you know, I was I kind of felt a little bit bad that I had missed out on them like initially because I really loved the Clone Wars. And mm-hmm. uh, as time has gone on, I've, I think I've grown to love it even more because, you know, we've had more content in the animated form. We've had uh, Re- Rebels, we've had Resistance and Rebels especially. Uh, you know, kind of adds on to it builds on mm-hmm. certain elements from Clone Wars, you know, the Ahsoka stuff, the Maul stuff, uh, the Rex stuff, all that stuff, you know, is fleshed out further in Rebels. So, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know where I was really going with this. But, well, um, <laughs> I guess what you're trying to say is uh, I think um, it's kind of almost like like the MCU. Um, I know watching this for the first time, the first season is out of order. It's a little confusing. You kind of jump right in. Um, you're not sure who these characters are. And I guess it was around the third season I stuck with it, and I was like, this is really getting interesting. I uh, loved it, everything from there on out, from the third season forward. And then I did go back um, with it being on Disney+, and I watched, the I think, the first or and second season again. And there's so much there, and if you watch them in order, I guess um, Star Wars website has a, a list of how you can watch them in chronological order. And it makes a lot more sense. And then because you know where these characters are going and, and it was there from the beginning, it just takes a little time, I guess, for me, for my brain to catch up and realize uh-huh. what they're doing. And like you say, and all these arcs for these characters, some of them um, bleed into Rebels. And yeah, I mean, going back again now, you really can appreciate it as a whole. It's really masterfully put together. Yeah. And that is one thing they did air out of order, especially that first season. So mm-hmm. Um, there is a list on StarWars.com, and it's been up. It's been up there for a long time now. But I did follow that when I went back to like watch all of them. Uh, I did start. I did use that list, and it's really helpful because it really like you know once you have the list and you start watching them in that order. I mean, things like make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Like there's actually yeah. threads that are carried because if you if you don't do that, um, unfortunately, you know things happen like after a battle that hasn't take, taken place yet. Mm-hmm. So um, some of those things won't make a whole lot of sense. But yeah, once you go back and do that and you do rewatch it and, you know, you look at everything that that it, that it developed, um, I mean, it's clear not only that Clone Wars like was really its own like self-contained adventure mm-hmm. that really like adds to the lore of Star Wars, but it also really builds upon, you know, the themes and the characters and everything that we've had from the films, the film versions mm-hmm. of Star Wars. Yeah, the Clone Wars for me, uh, that's my favorite portrayal of Anakin. I'd say for, number one for me coming out of this series is I really connect and feel with the character of Anakin. Um, watching the uh, the prequel trilogy, I, I connected more with Obi-Wan and, and Padme, and I just didn't quite get um, you know what's going on in Anakin's head. But they do a good job of filling it in, and I really feel in season seven they do a lot of things to address the transition from uh-huh. the Clone Wars Anakin that we know into the Revenge of the Sith. Because I think I said to you when we had talked last year, speculating that um, I wasn't quite sure how this is going to jive because it sometimes feels like two separate characters for me. But there were some moments towards the end of Season 7 uh, with Anakin that I really felt like you could really see where his head was going and how the character we know here in Clone Wars becomes the Anakin in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, no, that's, that's really well put. Um, and that's that's one of the things I think Clone Wars excelled at was, you know, building on Anakin's character because, I mean, we, we get Anakin for three movies, but, you know, you start off with him as a little kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're if you're watching Phantom Menace as somebody that's older than maybe like 15, you're not really going to connect with it the same way mm-hmm. with him. Uh, if And then if you're watching it, 
you know, maybe as a kid and you're watching him in Attack of the Clones as, as an adult, basically, you're not going to maybe connect with him the same way. So we, we get him in three films, but he's kind of at a different point in each film, uh, especially, you know, between episodes one and two. Mm-hmm. But then even two and three, you know, his personality is obviously a little bit different. He's a lot more confident. Mm-hmm. He's a lot more um, independent. He's kind of, you know, he's developed all the powers that you see him develop, you know, over the course of Clone Wars. Um, so it, it really did wonders for, for building his character and, and I have a much greater appreciation for the backstory of Darth Vader and and Anakin because of everything that the Clone Wars gave us in building his character up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you and I are the similar age and, um, with the prequels movies is really kind of when I like came of age and I was in three different stages of my life during the three movies and it was kind of hard to follow and also pay attention like I can now as an adult. Um, maybe I felt like I was a little too cool for school, I guess, when Clone Wars uh, or Attack of the Clones uh, came into theaters. And then I was right back on board with uh, Revenge of the Sith. Um, and, and yeah, and it is, like you say, he's a different character. He goes from a child to a Padawan to a master. Um, and this does a great job of filling in the in-between. It does. Um and, you know, not only that, but adding to Star Wars, unlike really unlike any way we've, we've experienced before, because the, like I said before, the films only have so much time to 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 flesh out, you know, the Republic, to flesh out the Separatists, mm-hmm. to get into Dooku's, you know, like story, like what's he doing? What's he really doing? Like behind the scenes, you know, Grievous, Asajj Ventress. And, you know, some of these characters, you know, now that I mentioned Ventress, were, were mm-hmm. created during the Clone Wars microseries, the, the Genny Tartakovsky series that uh was also on cartoon network i think the first ones premiered in 2003 like august or so Mm -hmm. and then uh the rest of them came out i think it was in 2005 before um, revenge of the sith um so some of the characters that got created for that which we only saw they were basically a blip on the map in in the totality of star wars really got fleshed out and we really got to know ventress we really got to know grievous and we really got to see more of the backstories of those characters too Mm -hmm. definitely yeah, um, getting back to uh, season seven, um, the way the Bad Batch arc um, kind of wrapped up, um, where we get to see a lot of um, Rex's point of view and how he um, still has faith that his friend is still alive, that Echo is still there, uh, was was really cool. And I think the the visuals um, this season coming back, you can tell they they amped up the art style and the visuals were much more cinematic, and it, it was really great to see um, how the, the Bad Batch arc wrapped up just visually um but um maybe this is the point in the season where i I don't know why i do this a lot with feloni i start to lose faith i'm like where's this going this isn't this isn't ahsoka this isn't what i was promised um (laughs) uh but in in the end it comes together and you see why he he writes this this in and and where we're going because it really does tie up nicely at the end of the season yeah totally um And, you know, for a series that's called Clone Wars, I mean, and has explored, Mm -hmm. you know, the clones in depth over the course of the seven seasons, you know, it kind of felt right to have some element in there that was rooted in the mythology of the clones and how they came Mm -hmm. to be and, you know, what really is going on with them. Because, you know, like I said, these are a batch of clones that have unique abilities. Mm -hmm. um, And you don't see that in the films, obviously. Clones are clones, you know, there's different battalions, Mm -hmm. but ultimately, you know, they're all clones. And... Um, you know, Clone Wars has really been able to add add to those, you know, clones, make them into characters rather than just being clones. And, you know, seeing the full breadth of what that clone spectrum has is is interesting. And I think, you know, getting an arc of 
that was kind of clone specific was was pretty important. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole series with the clones, it, it's interesting. It goes back, I guess, to Lucas always talking about institutions, and we we see the the clone army is this institution, but we really get to peek behind the curtain and see the humanity and the individuality of all these clones, and you know having the same voice actor for all of them, but it, it's just beautifully put together. You you know each character individually, whether it's um, uh, Rex or Fives or Echo or you know any of these, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, it was uh, really great, really entertaining stuff, and um, you know not not quite as interesting, obviously, as as you know things that were going to come up later in the season. But mm-hmm. I think that's only natural because you know they were trying to bring it to a close, so it's only it only makes sense that you'd have you'd save that really exciting stuff for the end. Um, but I'm glad we got to see you know what was you know, happening with the clones and, you know, kind of going a little side adventure with them. And um, it was interesting, though, when you think about it, that, you know, we didn't get a whole other than Ahsoka and like Maul and that stuff. We didn't really get a whole lot of like Jedi centric stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like I said, it ha- yeah. I think these were threads that they were kind of fleshing out before, you know, the series was canceled. So yeah, a lot of that than- was kind of wrapped up in, in, I guess, the Lost Missions in season six. Uh, a lot of the stuff there with uh, Yoda and stuff. And yep. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't miss it as much, and um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So then as we get further into uh, the season, so mm-hmm. uh, after those initial episodes, so then, you know, Ahsoka came back, and uh, I think this is kind of when I really got the feels, was watching, you know, Clone Wars and mm-hmm. having Ahsoka back on screen for the first time um, since, you know, <laughs> when was it that she left? Was it like season four or season five? Yeah, yeah, it's been so, so long. Yeah, so just like having like new like Clone Wars content on television, basically with Ahsoka, I just I really got the feels from that because you know we hadn't seen her in so long, and you know the way that they had built her character over the course of those you know the initial run of the series, um, you know just being able to see what she was up to during this time where you know she was away from the Jedi and um, mm-hmm. you know where where it was all where it was all going was was an interesting prospect and uh, you know just having her back I thought was really cool. Oh yeah. Yeah, this is the point uh, where we get to meet uh, Trace and Rafa, um, where Ahsoka is is living in the underground and stuff. And I guess this is what I was saying earlier, where, um, where this is the first time for me I'm experiencing this weekly. You know, we were able to binge it the first time around. Yeah. And uh, like I fall into this and other people too, where you start to go, oh, this is just filler, Filoni. This is no good. This isn't as fun. But again, like I've been saying a bunch of times, it it comes together. It's tied together, and um, it's it's kind of it was annoying for me, I guess, to to be left on the edge of my seat with these episodes and have to wait another week to see how they get out of jail or or what or what Ahsoka's going to do. And uh, maybe my patience started to wear a little bit here, thinking, is this what we were promised in the trailers or not? But again, looking back, it it was really well done. Yeah, no, I, I hear you there. Um, I kind of felt the same way. As much as I loved having Ahsoka, I felt like there was a little bit of repetitiveness with with, with mm-hmm. that arc. Um, you know, they were constantly being in prison. They were constantly yeah. trying to escape. And I felt like that just took up a bulk of what we were seeing. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that was cool and all, but I don't know. I kind of felt like they could have been doing a little bit more with that. But um, uh, I, I was watching an, ep- uh, an interview with uh, Filoni with, I think it was Entertainment weekly i was gonna say entertainment earth <laughs> entertainment <laughs> weekly the other day and uh or no entertainment tonight and uh he was talking about you know why those episodes were essential and um mm-hmm. i mean it, it kind of made sense like you said you know he was 
he was trying to build upon like Ahsoka's mm-hmm. like arc that would carry into those last few episodes, and um, you know, kind of build on her character. So, I mean, I think they achieved that, but you know, like you, I, I think it did drag on a little at, at times. It felt a little yeah. bit long. I, I that last episode of the um, Trace arc, I guess we can call it, um, is where it really came together when they revealed the part about the the Jedi accidentally killing their parents. And um, especially the part when they find out Ahsoka is an ex-Jedi and it's kind of almost like they do an about face. Well, like, this is how we really feel. Like, why? You can do that. You can leave. Um, that's when it was for me, kind of like a like a facepalm moment. Like, oh, I get it. I get it now. I, I get where we why we were here for these four episodes. <laughs> and it, it really paid off. Like, I was kind of bored until I got to that last four. Yeah. Um... There were some interesting things too. I'm sure you noticed that uh, in one of those episodes, they were finding like a Trandoshan and uh, it happened to mm. make raptor sounds from Jurassic Park. Yeah, that was hilarious. I yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching with my wife and, and she was commenting the same thing too. Um, that, I guess around the that time, um, there was a lot of stuff on Twitter uh, about, I didn't ever realize how many Jurassic Park sounds and Star Wars sounds are interchangeable. You got, yeah. Um, what is it? The um, Rathtar, I'm sorry, um, the Rancor um, has some of the Tyrannosaurus sounds that they used later on in Jurassic Park. And there's yeah. um, the Parasaurolophus sounds from the Lost World are used in Mandalorian. Um, it, yeah. It's just pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, they definitely, you know, Lucasfilm having a hand in all these different projects. Yeah, it, I mean, it makes sense to reuse Certain mm-hmm. sound effects is most people probably aren't going to notice. We're going to notice, but yeah. <laughs> your your general moviegoer might might not notice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was uh, it was interesting stuff, and um, wasn't it cool being able to see uh, Kessel again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I enjoyed that a lot. Um, also, just the the characters. I saw some people complaining about Trace and Ratha. And I really liked them. Um, I just, they felt relatable, like real earth people that uh-huh. you're seeing, like, you know, Star Wars from their point of view, like how we're seeing it. I, I enjoyed them. And they felt like girls next door, or someone that you would know in, in real life. And I saw some people complaining about them and I didn't, I didn't share it the same. I thought they were nice. Yeah, I hear you. And I think that's one thing that's important not to lose sight of in Star Wars is that, you know, it's not just Jedi and Sith and the Republic and Separatists. There's also like regular people that are living their day to day life, like, you know, in this universe and, you know, just trying to get through, you know, one day to the the next. Mm -hmm. So um, whenever they show things like that, I think Han Solo kind of represented that in the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, just kind of showing that uh, in Clone Wars, I think is is pretty pertinent to touch on, and I think they they did that pretty well by incorporating them into the series. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so, yeah, anything else you want to mention about that? Uh, this little bit here, I guess we got we get this is where we got introduced also to Maul, right? That he's still around. Um, yeah, at the end, uh, Bo-Katan shows up at the end here, and she just helps him out, helps Ahsoka get out of some trouble, and that I mean, seeing the Mandalorian, and then I'm thinking. Mandalorian series I'm thinking Dave Filoni and that's when I was on the edge of my seat like where are we going with this you know um and then finding that we're going back to get Maul um because I I guess you had to read the comic which I haven't read um to find out how Maul got away from uh Sidious right um because as far as we're concerned in the timeline of the show that's the last time we saw him so he's out and he's back and, and and that was really cool and that's when it started to get things rolling yeah yeah it's uh 
It, it was it was neat. I mean, I think we all knew Maul was coming back. I mean, he, he featured mm-hmm. pretty heavily in the in the mm-hmm. trailers and stuff. But um, you know, seeing how we got there and having that little kind of little bit of a payoff at the end of you know this this Ahsoka Trace Rafa arc, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of kind of showed us where it was going. Like you said, Bo Katan came back, and uh, then yeah, we knew where the, where the last few episodes of the season were heading, and that was uh, back to Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I gotta say, I guess this is episode nine when this um, these final four this arc started, and I hit play on the day it's released on Disney Plus, and I, I'm going something's wrong here. This isn't the beginning of Clone Wars that I've that I've known the whole time. And what's this old logo here? Did a double take, I rewinded. Did I click on the right thing? And that that was really neat to see the the old Lucasfilm logo yeah. and the original <laughs> Star Wars fanfare play, and I was like, oh, we're in for something here. <laughs> yeah and you know what was funny was was uh i got a kick out of that just like seeing that i was like oh that's so badass because you know i'm you know obviously we're old enough to remember what mm-hmm. that logo looked like before the prequels mm-hmm. and um but it was funny because on twitter people were, were were saying like why does the logo look like that what is that it's just <laughs> just it was hilarious yeah <laughs> and you can't fault them i guess there's a lot of uh, younger people and stuff and there's no way to legally watch the despecialized editions and, and see that stuff so sure yeah. <laughs> uh, unless you have a vhs player yeah yeah but i don't think i i don't think I, I my friends always had copies and i don't think i actually have an, an old school copy first vhs ones i had were the special editions i think yeah i think i had the ones in 90 in 95 like right before the toys came back uh-huh. out for you know in the modern toy line like they yeah. re-released them on VHS, and then after that, it was the special editions two years later. But mm-hmm. I had both of those trilogies on on VHS, and I, yeah, I think by this, I don't even remember by the time the special editions came out. I want to say they, they had already changed the, the Lucasfilm logo, but I don't remember. 100%. I think so, but yeah, I have to check that out. But in any yeah. case, it was a great Easter egg, and mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things when you think about who Clone Wars is catering to. Yes, it's ultimately a kids' TV show. Yes, it's on Disney Plus as an animated series, but you know, it's also being run by people that were kids when the original films came out. And, you know, at the end of the day, it kind of feels like they're tailoring a lot of it to the older fans as well. And, you know, mm-hmm. seeing things like that. I mean, those those Easter eggs obviously are there for people like us. They're not there for mm-hmm. kids who aren't going to recognize the logo or, you know, things like that. So I think it's just pretty awesome to have little things like that thrown in. Yeah, my, my daughter watched um, almost this whole season seven with me. And I think she said something about that, like, because... Um, for some reason, she doesn't like the 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 traditional beginning where the Clone Wars and and the talking, and uh-huh. she and she <laughs> noticed that like right away, and it almost seemed like she got more into it, like um, seeing you know the the Star Wars theme playing and, and the different logo, and, and she was really into it, asking all kinds of questions about Maul and stuff. So yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I always thought it'd be interesting if instead of um, I mean, because it's. I don't think it's Admiral Yularen who's giving us the recap, is it? But it kind of—it's the same. Obviously, it's James Arnold Taylor that's giving us that in a little spiel. But mm-hmm. um, uh, I always thought it'd be funny if it was Fode and Bede from the Phantom Menace that were doing that recap. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> um, it kind of has that feeling, you know, that kind of sports like yeah. you know recap. Oh, you know, first he did this, then he did that, then you mm-hmm. know, replaying. Definitely. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So you know. Uh, so this is our first glimpse at uh, reunification between uh, Ahsoka and um, Anakin and Obi Wan. You know, via hologram, she gets in touch with them, and uh, you know, this is kind of where you know the last part of this adventure kicks off. So mm-hmm. I thought this was hand, like emotionally speaking, I thought this was really well executed. Like just like Anakin's reaction and the way mm-hmm. that you know Obi Wan is 
like speaking with her and you know just seeing like after this absence and we don't know how long the absence was because it's not really made clear but mm-hmm. uh, as, you know assuming that it was at least a year or, so, or something mm-hmm. uh it, it was it was pretty kind of powerful to see that reconnection between them yeah i, I guess uh, enough time that her appearance has, has changed ahsoka's um she's definitely more mature looking um i think we, we didn't mention earlier that um they're in uh obi-wan and anakin are in their revenge of the sith costumes so we know we're getting closer to the third movie um, and yeah, I think, um, it's, uh, Matt, Matt Lantern that does the voice of Anakin, right? Yes. Um, yeah, he did a really good, uh, performance, I think, um, kind of, you know, melding the, the two versions of the character, as I, I said previously, and, and he has a lot of, uh, his mannerisms, the way he approaches Anakin and, and then especially when, when, um, he sees Ahsoka for the first time, you really, you get, it's kind of a, uh, episode three Anakin. And I really appreciated that performance. Yeah, and that's a really good point because I felt that way as well. Um, uh, it, it feels like it was deliberate this, you know, this time more than ever. Where anytime you saw Anakin, you know, obviously Matt Lanter playing him, mm-hmm. um, like even his like vocal intonation and just the way he was like the move, the way that he was animated, his movements kind of reminded me more of Hayden Christensen's Anakin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was. I mean, it had to have been deliberate, you know, just they were trying to kind of tie it up a little bit better. And I think we kind of it kind of confirms it a little bit more as we get into those last couple episodes. But, um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was pretty cool. And, um, you know, uh, so Ahsoka goes to Mandalore. Uh, she's not a Jedi, but they say, hey, you know, we'll give you half of the, the 501st. You can take them mm-hmm. to Mandalore and, you know, Rex is going to be their commander. You can't be their commander because you're not a, a Jedi, um, which, you know, the whole politics of that is very interesting but i guess you know that we're at a point in the clone wars where they're kind of desperate to to, to get things done right i mean yeah dooku's already been killed at this point and you know mm-hmm. we're, we're already in revenge of the sith so um they're just kind of trying to wrap up you know these different 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 loose ends you know grievous and maul and you know just kind of get everything contained so that the war can be over um but yeah so then she ships off to uh to mandalore and uh this is where we begin the hunt for maul yeah, that was really cool. Um, the way they they enter Mandalore and some of the um, ships are being shot down, and the way that uh, her and Rex make their way to the surface, that was just thrilling. Seeing them, you know, jump from ship to ship, and and the way she lands and uh, has her lightsabers out. Um, she got back from Anakin. That was a beautiful th- thing too. Um, and before we skip over that, I, I that was almost um, gut wrenching, knowing that that was going to be the last time um, that Anakin and Ahsoka would see each other. You know, when they say "see you later." Um, you yeah. know, that they're headed off to, to the save, um, the emperor, um, like the episode, beginning of episode three. And, and yeah, it was, it was so cool just seeing it from a different point of view, you know, knowing that we're, we're here, we're in episode three. I know what Anakin and Obi-Wan are doing. Now we're going to follow Ahsoka. And it, it just brought everything back, everything that I felt, um, in 2005, it just, that heartbreak, um, creeping in knowing, um, what Anakin is about to do, where he's headed and, and seeing the, the friends split up for the last time. It really got to me. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and, and, you know, it's in line with what Ahsoka said in Rebels, that the last time she had seen Anakin was when he was rushing off to, to rescue the Chancellor. So mm-hmm. uh, it tied that up pretty well. And it also, you know, really gave us that, you know, that that reconnection that we had been longing for since she left the Jedi Order, you know, just mm-hmm. seeing them on screen together and, 
you know, saying their goodbyes and Obi-Wan, you know, kind of being Obi-Wan basically. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then, you know, just, yeah, you're right. Just the way like he hands her the case with the lightsabers mm-hmm. and you know, saying he improved them. And um, yeah, it was, it was just done really well. It wasn't overdone. I kind of felt like it could have been a little, if they went a little too far, it could have been a little cheesy, but I think mm-hmm. they, they struck the right balance between, you know, making it emotional, but not, you know, overdone. Yeah. Yep. Totally agree. So then, um, yeah, Ahsoka and Bo-Katan are off to Mandalore. They're going to uh, try and, you know, get Maul. Obviously, Maul has, you know, in in previous seasons, he had taken, basically taken over Mandalore and established himself as, like, the leader. Mm -hmm. And um, he's got his own his own uh, army of Mandalorians that are, you know, kind of forced to work for him, basically, Mm -hmm. because he's he's taken over. So they don't really have a choice. But Mm -hmm. uh, he's obviously got a lot of power that he's... um, you know, from where he's at at this point. So uh, it, it seems like it's going to be an uphill battle in order to actually oust him from, from Mandalore. So, but this is really where the adventure begins with, you know, getting the characters there and then seeing how that's going to progress. Yeah. They kind of, they storm into Mandalore and it at first seems like it's a little bit too easy for them. They, they, they easily um, take over and they find themselves um, chasing Maul um, through the sewers. And we find out, um, that Maul's actually playing a little Sidious Jr. here. He's, he's got a plan, and his plan, I guess, was to get Kenobi there, and Ahsoka uh, shows up messing up his plan. Yeah, yeah, it's... um, And that speaks a lot to the character of Maul, because even into Rebels, you know, all, all he's really hell-bent on is getting revenge on Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the earlier episodes of Clone Wars, he's doing the same thing. Like, when he first encounters Obi-Wan, since, you know, Obi-Wan split him in half... Um, you know, he's he's kind of saying things like, "Yeah, now I'm gonna get my revenge and this and that." And he doesn't, but um, mm-hmm. he's 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 bent on getting that revenge for a really long time. And I think that's what kept him like alive, basically, his anger, his rage, yeah. and yep. and everything for you know all those years that he was, you know, just like a you know spider Darth Maul. Um, but um, yeah, so like you said, it is a little convenient at first, but it's because Maul has, has set up a mm-hmm. trap. He thinks it's gonna be Obi Wan. It's not Obi Wan. It's Ahsoka. And then, um, you know, that kind of changes his plan a little bit. So he retreats and then mm-hmm. uh, she's basically got to catch up with him. But he kills clones along the way, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, um, he does. Uh, it, and then I guess that, that leads uh, her even farther in and, and um, he surrounds her. That's where we are left off at the end of um, which either episode nine or ten is the cliffhanger there. And um, I think just the interaction with the two of them underscores just how tragic this story is in this time period we are here in the galaxy and when we saw episode three you know us the audience we know where it's going we know anakin is going to become darth vader by the end but now we have two other characters um maul and ahsoka who know also what we know and are in this universe you know and they they have the power to change things um maul knows what sidious is doing knows his plan uh is kind of you know he, he has it you know, 90% of the way figured out and he lets um, Ahsoka in on some of the plan is to turn Anakin to be his apprentice. And, and they have now information that we, the audience, have had forever. And it makes, it adds a lot more to the, the tension. You know, now there's characters yeah. in universe that know that they could do something to stop this. And again, yet we know nothing will change. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, that, that's, uh, you know, well put. Um, one thing I didn't mention earlier is that, uh, you know, uh, Ahsoka's, portion of the 501st has uh, you know these helmets oh, that yeah, are representative yeah. of her of her face so i thought that was a pretty nice touch that they 
uh, added because obviously they're they're trying to give us the feels with Ahsoka coming mm-hmm. back and you know er, you know where her story is going to go. So I think that was a pretty poignant thing to do, especially seeing where things end up in the final episode. Yeah, it kind of paints the the clones in, in a way almost in a, in a better way than than the Jedi. Um, the Jedi, especially Mace Windu, seems scorned by her. I have no time for you. You're not a Jedi. You're just a citizen. And, you know, she's still walking down the hall. She's getting saluted by other clones. They obviously, you know, they share a camaraderie. They they paint their helmets to look like her. And it just shows you, like, maybe the clones here are actually better than the Jedi. We, we don't know. But they certainly are treating Ahsoka a lot better. Yeah, no, that's true. And it's funny you mentioned that because I, I don't think Mace has ever been, like, a likable character. Like, <laughs> I... I when, when I was watch, as a kid, you know, watching the prequels, I wanted him to be like a likable character. You mm-hmm. know, it's like it's Samuel L. Jackson. You know, you yeah. want him to be like, you know, badass Jedi and this and that. And he does some awesome things. But, you know, just his his attitude, like especially like in in all of the prequels, really, like from episode one where he's kind of being mm-hmm. like, oh, he's too old. You know, and he's, he's never really warm towards Anakin. And you can kind of see like, I mean, you don't I don't feel terrible in, uh, <laughs> in Revenge of the Sith when <laughs> Anakin makes the choice he does. No, definitely um, him and Mace Windu and Yoda are like two sides of, of the Jedi's. Um, and he kind of represents, like Luke says, the hubris of the Jedi. He, he's he's yeah. cold and, and stern, um, you know, does everything the way the Order should do it. And he's not as compassionate as Yoda. And we get to see that in um, some of these episodes here in the final four. Um, I really like the part when Ahsoka comes in and we get to see the conversation that the Jedi are having um, the, from another point of view that they had in episode three. It was uh, almost line for line there. And I was just like, wow, they're, they're doing this. This is cool, you know. Yeah. Um, and then again, we, we see how um, Mace Windu treats her and, and then the, the holograms go out and we get to see Yoda's um, compassionate side, you know, and, and ask Ahsoka if everything's okay. You know, it was really cool. Yeah, you're right. I mean... Yeah, I, I do wonder, though, had Ahsoka said, um, well, you know, Maul said that Anakin was going to, you know, have some role in Sidious's plan. And like, I wonder if, if that would have changed the outcome of what ultimately happens in Revenge know, of the yeah. Sith or not. It's definitely a good question. Um, but I, I feel like maybe it wouldn't. Maybe Yoda did know this whole time. You know, they kind of figured it, and and again, they they thought they could handle anything, you know. And I think we get that line from Yoda in, um, as an episode, is it the end of two or in three, where he he says that they're clouded and they can't see clearly, you know, and they're starting to see maybe their power isn't as great as they yeah. had thought. Yeah, episode two. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe it wouldn't have. I don't know. Imagine if they had done it that, and and, and you're, you know, it did still didn't change anything. That would still be, you know. Oh, it's just it's heartbreaking watching this every time. <laughs> yeah, and it's I think that speaks to the brilliance of especially like Revenge of the Sith. Every time I watch it, it's like you know what's going to happen, but you kind of feel like, come on, mm-hmm. Anakin, don't do this or I don't know. do that. And yes, such a well, such a great movie. Yeah, um, but um, yeah. Did you notice also? I think in the trailers for this episode of Clone Wars that we're talking about, um, when when they're having the little uh, roundtable you know, it's going on in Revenge of the Sith. It, I kind of, I remember in the trailer that uh, the Jedi, Depa Balaba and her Padawan, Kane and Jarrus were, were there, but then in the episode, I don't remember seeing them there. Um, No, it, they were there. I can't remember which one, but I, I remember seeing them. I had watched, I think these final four, I would watch twice each. So yeah, I remember seeing that. Okay. I kind of felt like 
Huh, that was weird if they it's, weren't there. But. It might have been faster than it was edited in the in the trailer. So. Yeah, yeah, it seemed a little different. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. So anyway, um, let's talk about this duel, this showdown between Maul and Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot leading up to this. You know, we knew that this was coming. Uh, we it was kind of focused on a good bit in the marketing um, for for Clone Wars season seven and. When we get right down to it, uh, this is a duel unlike any we've ever seen before, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, I guess I, I gather from watching stuff on the internet that this was all motion captured, and uh, Ray Park did the motion capture for Maul, re- reprised it again. But yeah, uh-huh. it was very fast-paced, well-choreographed. It looked amazing, you know, and you can totally see Ahsoka's growth and how she is able to hold her own and actually defeat Maul in the end. It was brilliant. Yeah, and the motion capture for uh, for Ahsoka was done by Lauren Kim, who plays oh, the yeah, armorer yeah. In, in Mandalorian. So that's right. Or, yep. You know, the stunt person for her. Um, but yeah, so this whole thing was motion capture. I don't know that that's ever been done uh, on uh, for animated like TV series. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, it really brought a lot of life to the the fight because when you're watching it and you're seeing Maul, I mean, it, it feels a lot like Phantom Menace Maul, just the way he's moving, the way mm-hmm. that he's, even the, the most subtle things like the way his fingers are moving or the way that his head's tilting during the fight, like all of mm-hmm. that just seemed very organic. And it kind of makes you like wish that the whole entirety of Clone Wars, like any of the duels were like that because it's just oh, yeah. so cool. Yeah, definitely. Again, like, like I said earlier, the, the animation, they just stepped it up here on season seven and it, it looks it looks the same. It's it fits in with the series, but it's just it's beautiful, you know. All those little the little touches that you're mentioning in there it just really adds to it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 100 percent true. And you know what really stood out, and I'm really bummed out we didn't get to see him a little bit more. But but when the first episode came back, um, when we saw like that little clip of Grievous, like you know, just chilling there, like mm-hmm. he he looks so real. It's like I wish we could have gotten more of that. But yeah. They really did step it up because I think one of the strengths of Clone Wars has always been how realistic it looked. I mean, even going back to 2008, you know, the lighting and everything, it was, and Lucas has said, you know, he wanted it to look like a film. Even though it was animated, he wanted it to look like live action as best he could. And um, just the way they lit it and the way that they, you know, the movement and all of that was was intended to be realistic. But like you're saying, they really stepped it up for this last season because it, it just has gotten so much better. And yeah, we're, mm-hmm. we are six yeah. six years apart from from previous, but um, so so that's part of the reason. But I mean, just just the way it's evolved and changed, and it just it's a little heartbreaking that we're not going to get more of it. Yeah. Um. Again, yeah, the technologies have advanced, and hopefully, there's another. I think there's rumors of another animated series on the horizon, and if they can continue this art style, which I think is my favorite art style of the animated series. Um, yeah, I'd be I'd be down for that. It's, it'd be amazing. Yeah, totally. Because I mean, I I enjoyed Rebels. I thought it was a good story. Resistance, mm-hmm. not really. I mean, yeah. it was it was very filler. It's like I mean, there's nothing like the thing about Clone Wars and Rebels is that they do tie into the films and they do broaden you know the overall story of Star Wars. But Resistance really doesn't. Like you you no. can totally ignore Resistance and it does it won't really matter. But when you watch Clone Wars and you watch Rebels, you know that's definitely not the case. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree. So, um, yeah, so no, this was a great fight. I really, you know, just, it was kind of awe-inspiring just watching the choreography, watching, you know, the way that they were interacting, the dialogue between the two of them. And it was interesting how, like, for a moment, Ahsoka was, like, 
contemplating like joining Maul and helping him to do whatever he oh, wanted yes, to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, he started talking bad about Anakin. So she was like, no way, Anakin's not going to do that. And, <laughs> you know, then she fights him. But that's an, that's another interesting thing because you just wonder, like, if he hadn't said that and she would have joined them, how would that have affected the outcome mm-hmm. of Revenge of the Sith? You know, we, yes. we'll never mm-hmm. know. <laughs> yeah, she, she's definitely grown and, and matured. Um in the way she's she's speaking with Maul and stuff, but you still get that she's the the kid's sister and that love that she has for Anakin. It, you know, it takes takes all, and it was really great. Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, good stuff. So awesome fight. Uh, eventually, uh, she's able to capture Maul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then was it, this was the end of uh, episode ten, wasn't it? Where, where the duel yes. was going on. Okay. Yes. Oh, and that title we forgot to mention, uh, Phantom Apprentice. That was amazing. When I saw that, I was like, yes. (laughs) Yeah, great, great title. (laughs) Yeah, I think all the episode titles this season are pretty great. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, So, yeah. So that's kind of where that wraps up. They capture Maul. You know, he's tied up and he's like, just let me die. So Maul's a really interesting character. And I want to talk a little bit about Maul when we wrap things up here. But um, it's just really interesting to see, you know, where he's, he's he's kind of in a way... And I know he's kind of been ma- being manipulated at this point by by Sidious, but mm-hmm. he's he's in a way kind of at the height of like any power he's ever had. Um, but then you know at the end of the day, you know when when all said and done and he's captured, he just kind of wants to die. So it's just we'll talk about that more in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it just it's interesting to take note of. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. So going into the next episode, uh, this is kind of where things like really get down to business in terms of mm-hmm. where we are with Revenge of the Sith, correct? Oh yeah. Um, can we just talk a little bit about the the music when episode eleven starts off and yes, let's uh, do that. the synth is in there and just it gets real ominous and you know it's things are getting heavy. We're getting closer to Order sixty six and it just creates this real feel of dread over the the last two episodes that really that really worked for me. Yeah, yeah, totally. You're you're definitely right. Um, the soundtrack was great. I mean, throughout the mm-hmm. entire series, but yeah, like you're saying, particularly at this point. Um, there's a lot of cues that are happening, like visual cues and audio cues that are that are occurring to kind of cue us into where things are going. And, you know, Order 66 is coming pretty soon. And, um, you know, just just the tone of, of the whole, you know, the way that it starts off, you know, it's really getting you prepared emotionally. Like, you know, it's coming. You don't want it to come. Mm, but yep. there's not really anything you can do about it to stop it because <laughs> it's 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 here. We're at that pivotal point. Yeah, and uh, you know, like you're saying, you, you don't you want Clone Wars to go on and on, but you know that we have to hit this point, and that's again, it just adds to the the sadness of um, you know the whole time they're speaking of uh, how they're going to end this war, and Anakin wants things back to normal, and you just know it's never going to get where they think it's going to go, and and that's again more tragedy and just um, it's it's hard to watch, but it's so good at the same time. Yeah, no, it's. Um yeah just like sitting here reflecting on it it's it, yeah it's it's pretty powerful stuff and um i think this is the episode right where you know at this point uh rex and ahsoka are kind of you know they've they've succeeded in mm-hmm. capturing maul they're on their way back to coruscant maul's in this weird like like force like container oh yeah <laughs> type thing like silence of the lamb style or something <laughs> yeah and um he's being transported back to a back to Coruscant where, you know, I guess he's going to, I don't know what they're planning to do with him. Really? What are they going to do? Put him on trial, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's on his way back to Coruscant. They're all going back. Um, and I know we didn't really t- 
touch a whole lot on the Mandalorians themselves, but you know, I just got to give a quick shout out to like how awesome it was to see the Mandalorians mm. again, to see Mandalore oh, yeah. again. Yeah, definitely. And we got to see, um, uh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm having like a brain fart. Um, uh, Sabine's mom. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> we get to yeah, see that, Sabine's mom. It was yeah. really cool. Um, some tied some things into um, Rebels and everything. And I hope that we get more um, with like the, the Mandalore Jedi war and, and see. That would be really cool to see how that all went down and, and that ancient technology that they have and how it was used. And um, you get to see, again, some of that stuff in like Rebels and, and things. And yeah. I hope they touch more on that in the future. Yeah, and just just kind of branching off that real quick, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we saw Kessel in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. So, I think had, had Clone Wars obviously not happened, you know, when it did, you know, in twenty twenty, uh, we wouldn't have seen things tie into these more recent, uh, you know, parts mm-hmm. of Star Wars like Rebels or Solo or you know any of these different different medium or different um, projects. So, uh, yeah, pretty cool little little things that don't really add a whole lot to it, but they're just kind of you know, little nods to the yeah. other aspects of the universe we've seen in more recent years. Um, so yeah, uh, I really like the conversation that, uh, you know, Maul and Ahsoka, or Maul, <laughs> that mm-hmm. Rex and Ahsoka are having here, you know, on the bridge mm-hmm. of this, um, uh, not Star Destroyer, but this Republic cruiser that they're, mm-hmm. they're on as they're headed back to Coruscant. It's just kind of an acknowledgement of the history the two have had together as, as uh, characters, as friends, and you know, how their relationship yeah. has, has mm-hmm. gone from that very first, you know, when you very first see like Ahsoka and Rex, like early on in the first season, and or maybe it was even the Clone Wars film where Rex says something like, oh, you're kind of like a newbie and, you know, experience outweighs, you know, rank or whatever, you know, I think he says something like experience, like determines like rank or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, here they are all these years later, and uh, the relationship dynamic is just so different. Yeah, they're they're like equals, and they're expressing their friendship and the optimism. It looks like they're getting close to the end of the war and all this. And it's funny that you say that about a Star Destroyer because I feel like the aesthetic in this show in these last episodes it really does look like it's moving more towards the Empire, um, and it feels like they're on like an Empire uh, bridge or something. And it's just you, you get the the sense we're moving forward here. We're getting closer to Order sixty six, and and it's yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's just, hmm. it's a crazy switch because they're having this conversation. Rex has to go to take a call from, from Palpatine and, mm-hmm. you know, five seconds later, it's like whatever just happened is totally out the door because yeah. the situation has done a complete 180. Yep. And uh, we see uh, Rex, uh, it gets the order and he's able to, I guess he had a heads up um, from fives. Um, and he was able to just for a few seconds hold himself off and you see him and drop the helmet and it's, it's real sad. And then he starts to, to try to, to kill Ahsoka and we see the beginning here of order 66. And I was wondering how this was going to work and if Ahsoka would have even been part of it, but it seems like, I think, I believe they mentioned something that they're going to kill Maul also later on. So yeah. it seems like it's just not Jedi, but all force users basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that would make sense when you think about Palpatine's like grand plan that Maul talks about. It's like, mm-hmm. You know, how is Maul doesn't know the details of how it's going to happen. He kind of figures it out like during the course of, you know, these, uh, you know, this episode, but, um, you know, these last couple episodes, but Maul knows that the, the plan is ultimately to wipe out, you know, any, any, you know, force sensitive and consolidate power to the emperor. Mm-hmm. And, um, but he doesn't really know the details of how it's going to come about. So it's interesting to see his like own self discovery of, oh, that, how brilliant his plan actually ended up being. But, oh, yeah. Um, 
yeah, it's just, 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 just see it play out the way that it does. And, you know, uh, the hologram comes in and, you know, it's Ian McDermott's voice and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really emotional. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, I'm even thinking about it, it's like, it's cause you know, we know that, like you said, that this is what's going to happen. It's like, it's the same thing when we were watching the prequels, we knew what was going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. we knew that Anakin was going to become Darth Vader, but then when it actually like starts happening and you see it like ultimately happen and he, he has the suit and everything it's like you yeah. feel a lot of, you know a great sense <laughs> of dread and you know sadness and you know you really wish that it wasn't happening you knew it was going to happen and the same mm-hmm. thing is is true for clone wars you know we know where it was going um but then to actually see it like unfold and how it happens you know it's just it's, it's heart-wrenching in its own way yeah, I think I told you um, when we were talking about the episode that it it did make me feel the same way after leaving Revenge of the Sith. And I, after that movie, I was depressed for like days, just like, yeah. why, Anakin, why? <laughs> and you knew the whole time that what was going to happen, but it, it was just done so well. Um, and this too. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad. a little down now talking about it, but did, it, it was yeah. so good. But it does, it brings me down. It's just, you know, the, the Republic, the Jedi, everything gone into this dark time, you know. It's like they say, like, I think tequila is the only alcohol that's an upper and all the rest are downers. But um, <laughs> like, yeah, it is a down. And I remember, too, you know, I, I was in my first year of like college, like away from home when Revenge of the Sith, Revenge of the Sith came out. And um, I saw it at a midnight screening. And, and then after I got out, my dad called. And he's like, oh, how, you know, because my dad worked like, you know, graveyards mm-hmm. shift. And he's like, how was it? And I was, I was like, oh, dad, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> like, I was just, I felt really like, yeah, I mean, I, we knew it was going to happen, but it was just such a bummer to see it happen and mm-hmm. know that the, you know, this it was over and <sighs> same, you're right. Same thing here. You know, it was mm-hmm. definitely a bummer, definitely a downer. And although it was great and it was an awesome experience, you know, just the whole culmination of it and the way it transpired was, you know, very, it, it had a bit of an emotional toll to it. Oh, d- yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, Ahsoka is able to um, cut her way out of it. You know, she she dodges all the blasts and escapes into the ship, and she releases Maul as a distraction. And um, I don't know if you want to talk about this part here. Real uh, Rogue One kind of like uh, callback here with Maul um, walking down the hallway. That 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 whole scene was just epic. <laughs> yeah, that was so. Um, basically, Ahsoka makes a choice to set Maul free, um, kind of to help her out, but not really to help her out, but more more so to help like her escape, I guess, with Rex mm-hmm. or you know do what she needs to do, you know, like to 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 help Rex. Um, but um, yeah, it's just it's crazy, and I know I mentioned I want to talk about Maul in a little bit, but he like just the sheer like power that he has, even though he's like half of what he once was, like it's freaking ridiculous. Like he's just like. He's like, and I mean, he conveys it so well, like despite every, all the crap he's been through and, you know, like Maul, just like, he's still like that raging, like, you know, crazy Sith we see in the Phantom Menace. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. He, you get to see how powerful he is. And I always think it's very interesting to see, um, you know, force users not using lightsabers and just totally dominating like he does. And he's able to take out all those clones in the hallway and he makes his way into the hyperdrive room and just brings down the engines and I, I mean, I guess he had this sort of planned that he was going to bring the ship down and it was his way of escaping. And it was, it was just so cool to see that. Yeah, it, it was visually, it was just a really awesome thing to see. Um, and I don't think we touched on it, but we also hear some callbacks, don't we? Like right before order 66 is going to go down, like 
from Revenge of the Sith, right? We hear some of the dialogue like Mace with Anakin mm-hmm. and Anakin like turning to the dark oh, side. Oh yeah, that's right. And I there think was some of the, some of the audio from Episode Three, we we hear Hayden Christensen, don't we? Yeah. And um, it was just you know I I guess Ahsoka could feel that, and again adds to the the heartbreak we keep talking about, and so many so many things in this. Yeah. So I mean, she knows that something's going on. She knows uh-huh. that Maul, like whatever he was saying, you know, there's some truth to it. She doesn't know the extent of it, I don't think, but she knows that something's going on with Anakin. He's like in pain and something's you know kind of like when mm-hmm. you know yoda kind of catches that glimpse of it through the force in attack of the clones where he knows that anakin's yeah. going through something bad um it's kind of the same thing so she's really like feeling like you know something's going on i don't know what it is but this is when everything's going on so she doesn't really have time to process it because order 66 gets carried out mm-hmm. and you know it's basically non-stop action from here up until basically the end of the series the next couple episodes so um yeah, so let's talk about how uh, she's able to fix uh, Captain Rex, so or Commander oh, Rex yeah. at this point. Um, so we already know from previous seasons that it's it's a chip implant, like in their brains, mm-hmm. that you know, so that they can comply with Order sixty six. It was in the the beginning of um, the Lost Missions where you know we kind of see like where where there's there's errors with the chips, right? Like they're kind of malfunctioning, yeah. and some mm-hmm. of the some of the, the 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 clones are turning on the Jedi prematurely. And um, uh, so the, the chip is there, the inhibitor chip's there to kind of make them comply, right? I guess if, if they had complete free will, they might not do it or comply with Order mm-hmm. 66. So the purpose of the chip is there so that they will carry it out without, you know, questions being asked or, mm-hmm. you know, they just, they receive that order and they, they comply. Um, so to basically Rex has this chip, but he, he's kind of aware, like you were saying earlier that, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, of, that the chip's there, but he doesn't really know the full extent of why it's there. Um, so when Order sixty six goes down, she has to. Uh, she goes through the. She gets the droids to help her, the astromech droids, mm-hmm. and she kind. They kind of they bring up the file where they show, you know, that he's kind of like submitting an inquiry as to you know mm-hmm. what's going on going on with the chip, but he knows it's going to fall on deaf deaf ears, and uh, but he thinks it might be used for some sinister purpose, you know, at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so she puts him under, it's kind of like a CAT scan type thing, isn't it? Where she's trying yeah. to like figure out where the chip is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't come up. It doesn't come up. And then, you know, finally she kind of has to start sort of like force, like praying, I guess, like over him. It's just mm-hmm. the same way we see in Rogue like, One with, you know, Chira Dimway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, she's able to find it. And then how quick is that Rex's surgery to get that chip removed? Pretty quick. I mean, they're in the middle of a, a firefight and, and he's able to <laughs> pop up and, and he's even got a little bandaid on the, on his head there, yeah. um, for the rest of the episodes. But, um, yeah, I mean, they, they figure it out and I, I thought this part was cool here. Um, realizing that, that Rex realizes that he can't go back to the institution almost in the same way ah- ahsoka can't go back to the jedi um even a little bit of the way anakin feels and, and he's a kind of a traitor now to the republic and he realizes you know his his true allegiance is, is with ahsoka and he's ready to turn on his brothers yeah yeah it's um i kind of one was wondering you know like what if rex had just like told the clones like oh hey i got it i got a new order from from uh the emperor now he's saying you know he wants to bring her back alive like if that would have oh, wow. they would have believed him or 
I mean, well, I know at it, the end of the well, the next episode, he tries to talk to Jesse about that, yeah. right? And Jesse is kind of they're like, no way, that we're we're doing what we need to do, or, or you're a traitor, you know? Yeah, he tries to reason with Jesse. But I kind of um, wondered why he couldn't just say like, like, oh, took care of her, like when they come into the door, uh, you know, like I I, ki- I killed her, like she's dead. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That, 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 that it could have also gone that way. Um, I guess then they would have gone to Coruscant though, and it would have been a whole different. You know, she might have not have escaped Coruscant. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess she could have hid with Trace and Rafa, but who knows? Um, but yeah, so yeah, so uh, you know, Order sixty six has been carried out. Uh, so now Rex is trying to help Ahsoka, and he's realized, you know, okay, this is a whole different dynamic for him. Like you're saying, you know, he's turning against his brothers, and we know from mm-hmm. the previous seasons that the clones are very close. And, you know, they they're all clones, so they treat each other, you know as clones right they're all they're all brothers mm-hmm. and so he makes this choice that you know he's to help he cares about ahsoka and in order to help her he's gonna have to go against his brothers and he's gonna have to help her fight their way out of there so that they can escape from the uh, the republic cruiser um but at the same time you have maul that's going around wreaking havoc and he destroys the uh, the hyperdrive engines so mm-hmm. they basically get to a point where they're just sort of stuck so they have for a while they're just kind of having to figure out like how are we going to get out of this alive yeah there's like uh one ship left i guess they hatched that plan and they gotta um stun a lot of the clones and they're trying to get to the ship and then maul actually beats them to it and we see that awesome uh part where we realize how powerful ahsoka is where she's holding the shuttle um in the air and holding back uh, maul um we see the clones are just swarming everywhere and and maul finally he does he does get away and they have to come up with a, with a second plan uh, to get off the, the ship. And they really, uh, Rex and Ahsoka are really relying on each other here to, uh, to get through this. Yeah, yeah. And um, this whole like action sequence, you know, this is where like, you know, Rex tries to, to reason with the clones. Then he's like, oh, I guess it ain't going to happen because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not going to they're not going to give any leeway on this. And, you know, we're going to have to fight our way through it. And, um, yeah, just it's just a crazy thing because, I mean, they're up against these insurmountable odds you know there's all these like it's really a whole battalion of clones that they're it seems like that they're that they're you know going up against uh-huh. and they have to incorporate the help of the the droids in order to you know change that they pull those levers so that the platforms go up and down and um so i mean the dro- we got to you know give a shout out to these droids because had they not been there you know the outcome may have been a little bit different <laughs> in the end yeah, but um the one uh that's like chopper uh voiced by dave filoni was real neat to see yeah, he even had the yeah. little like saucer at the top of his dome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. And uh, lots of um, original, like a new hope R two D two sounds too in mm-hmm. this episode. I noticed. Yeah, a lot of great sound. Um, just you know, all around. It just you're in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So Maul escapes in the Republic attack shuttle, and uh, I was trying to read into like Maul. Like, I mean, it seems like he doesn't. You know, he's all for. He's always been all for himself, and the same same is true here. You know, he's trying to escape. He doesn't. You know, he doesn't give Ahsoka a chance. You know, he just wants to go where he wants to go, right? So, mm-hmm. um, do you do you get the sense that he feels any like regret, or is he just kind of like when he when he's in the cockpit and about to head off into hyperspace? Do you, do you feel like he's just like glad to get out of there? Oh yeah, I don't. I don't think he had any regret, and he has that snarky line of "You wanted this chaos or whatever, right?" Yeah. Um, and you know, he always just mainly thinks about himself, I guess. And you know, the person he only ever really cared about was his brother. So yeah, that's how, that's how I feel. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, good old Maul. Um, 
So yeah, so the you know huge battle inside this uh, the star Dest- this uh, Republic cruiser, and uh, ultimately you know they they're out of hyperspace because the uh, the drives have been disabled by Maul, so they kind of end up like at this planet, and then you s- the, the the visuals on this are absolutely striking. You see the the ship mm-hmm. coming in like into the atmosphere of of this moon or planet or whatever it is. And, um, you know, it's breaking apart and, you know, there's, but they're still having this huge battle, you know, in, in mm-hmm. the, in the docking bay of this cruiser. It was very much what I guess Anakin went through just a few days before this, right? Um, the ship, uh, crashing down, breaking apart and, uh, Rex is able to, to get the one ship and, um, to, to get out of there and to land safely on the, on the planet. Um, and, and we really see an, an awesome side of Ahsoka here where she is just, she's, really sees the humanity in these clones and she's not willing to kill them uh, so that she may live, uh, which is kind of funny because Rex is kind of more, I guess it's the soldier in him. He's more serious and he's ready to, to fight his brothers now. And um, yeah, the ship crash lands on the planet and we have a little bit uh, of a montage. We fast forward and really great here. Do you want to talk about um, what happens at the end here um, with the clones and their bodies? Yeah. Um, it just, just real quick though, it's interesting. Yeah. Like you know, Ahsoka didn't want to kill them, but they all died anyway, didn't they? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, she's yeah, well, not not by her hand, I guess. Um, not by her hand, but yeah. Maul took certainly took out a chunk of them. She let Maul free, and then <laughs> yeah. uh, the crash. You know, the rest of them yep. got taken out. So that's right. <laughs> but yeah, no. So you know, finally they escape, and there's there's a whole like classic Clone Wars sort of like moment where you know Rex is trying to catch like Ahsoka. She's like flying through the atmosphere and. You know, this is the kind of stuff that we saw in earlier seasons where you just have these really like hyper powered Jedi that are doing all, all kinds of crazy things. And she's been shot a couple of times, hasn't she? Like mm-hmm. aboard the cruiser, she was shot. So, yeah. you know, she's not at, at full power, but, you know, she's he's able to, to capture. He, he brings her into the Y-Wing bomber, I think it is. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so by the time this, this ship crashes uh, into this planet, yeah, so we have all the... Uh, the bodies and i think what you're talking about is how they were buried or how mm-hmm. they yeah it's so like rex was coming back with the with the shovel it looks like they, they they put all their um helmets up on on pikes and stuff and ahsoka really reminded me a lot of the finale of rebels she has a um the hood on and just staring off and we see her drop her lightsaber and it's just it's really powerful stuff here even though it's animated it doesn't feel it yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's certainly not like your cookie cutter, like Disney Channel, Cartoon Network, like, you know, TV series, because I mean, you're seeing like all these graves of bodies uh, that have been dug, you're seeing the, the clone helmets just kind of like, you know, positioned above mm-hmm. their graves. And it reminded me a little bit of Solo, where, you know, they, they bury Val on, um, you know, that one planet, and she's... Mm-hmm. You know, they, they put like, and, and Rio, and they put like their, their, um, their personal articles, like, you know, kind of just hanging above the graves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it kind of sign- signifies in a way, like, a, you know, the death of the clones and the rebirth yeah, of something true, else. Yeah. And what we get in this next, like, final scene in, in this entire seven season um, series kind of, you know, puts the cap on everything that we've seen over the course of the series and, you know, where things are headed next in terms of the overall saga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, I didn't know what was happening when, when they transitioned to this here. Uh, you start to see it's clearly the Empire. They've made the full transition. I'm, I'm thinking, is this Hoth? 
you know, we see the probe droids and stuff. Um, and I think it was really cool to see, I guess, like we did in Rise of Skywalker, see like a uh, planet changing a little bit. You know, the season yeah. had changed, time had passed, there's snow covering everything. And then we get a glimpse of the man himself, Darth Vader, uh, making his patrol. And he reaches down and, and he finds a lightsaber in the snow and he ignites it, ignites it and it's Ahsoka's blade. And it's just really beautiful stuff this, here. And yeah, this was crazy. Like I um, none of us knew what the final like moments of the series were going to be. And I mean, it makes sense to put a cap on it by, you know, mm-hmm. showing a little bit of a time jump. We don't know exactly how long it is, but obviously we're, we're, we're led to believe that it, it is a little bit of a time jump because the planet is undergoing a different season. Like when we first get there, it's kind of like a desert. Now it's like mm-hmm. snow covered. So, um, you know, there is a bit of a of, of a delay between the end of, you know, when we see uh, Ahsoka and Rex part ways, which in and of itself is a really kind of emotional thing because, you know, these two characters we've followed for so mm-hmm. long are going their separate ways, you know, trying to basically keep, keep out of the radar of the Empire. Um, but um, yeah, it's, when when they show that imperial shuttle landing and you see the probe oh, droids, yeah. you see the snowtroopers and stormtroopers, and you know I you're just filled with like this a, a little bit of an overwhelming feeling. It's like it's mm-hmm. you know you're thinking it you know you knew like I said earlier you knew where it was going but you didn't really know how it was going to happen and once it does happen it's kind of heart wrenching and then you know that's when the man himself steps off the shuttle and then like walks off out into the field to see you know mm-hmm. the remnants of this cruiser and um. I wonder, one of my little theories, I w- it looks like a, enough time has passed. We see um, Vader has his red lightsaber hilt on his side. Um, we see a lot of the helmets are very weathered, um, the paint coming off and stuff. And I'm just uh-huh. wondering if Vader was probably, you know, he, we know he went through the galaxy hunting down the Jedi that escaped Order 66. Did he save Ahsoka for last? You know, and then he, it seemed like he let her go at the end, you know, like maybe was this the last one? So much time oh. had passed and he, he kind of drops the saber or no, he takes the saber with him, but he looks up and we see the bird flying through the air. And I guess that's meant to symbolize um, the daughter side of the yeah. force. But um, yeah, so maybe, maybe it was something along those lines. Maybe he was saving her for last and he finally figured she was dead or something and lets her go. That's a really good point. Um, I do wonder if, if that's what, that's what he was trying to, um, that's what he was doing because, you know, obviously from the comics and stuff, we know that, you know, he went off on to hunt down the Jedi, um, you know, that, that remained and yeah, maybe like some part of him where, you know, Anakin Skywalker lived on, like, you know, he didn't want to look for Ahsoka. He, he was mm-hmm. hoping maybe in some part that she had escaped and, so maybe this is some, like you're saying sometime later. I mean, even thinking about her lightsaber, it looked like it was pretty rusted. Yeah. And just with the shot there when, when um, Vader looks up and you can see through, he's got the red lenses from like a new hope and you can see Anakin's eyes. Um, that was really great. Uh, you know, everything for him kind of came full circle. You know, did, did he know he was on this path? You know, did, did he remember, um, you know, the vision that he had, you know, what, what was going on there? And it was cool. It was it, a lot like in a new hope where you could see uh, David Prowse's eyes and stuff. It yeah. just, they really nailed the aesthetic. Yeah, it was really subtle. Um, I mean, you obviously did have the very Rogue One, A New Hope looking Vader, mm. you know, with the red lenses and, you know, the costume and everything. But I mean, he looked very sinister. Um, but, you know, you could tell that beneath that, you know, was still, you know, this this guy, you know, Anakin. And um, like, yeah, just, just the way he looks up at, 
at um the at Mariah, you know, the bird. Um, he just ha- like I don't know, like you, I don't know. You could you can sort of get the sense that yeah, he's evil. He's he, time has passed and he's in a different place, but there's like a glimmer of of what was there before maybe what's still there underneath you know mm-hmm. like there's just a, like a slight glimmer of that but that you know when he picks up the saber he he lights it and then he he you know rather than toss it he takes it so i feel like they were trying to give you that you know that that sort of feeling that you know even though this is sad and this is where his character is gone you know there is some part of him that is still intact you know as mm-hmm. as as, li- as little as it may be there you know i kind of feel like there's something there definitely yeah great way to to end the series um yeah we, we make it through episode three and we're into the empire times and we get a cap with um vader and ahsoka and yeah so here we are and i had a lot of fun with it and like i said um, some of the things felt like filler at the time through season seven, but then when you look back on it, you realize, no, it wasn't. And it really all had a plan and a purpose and it really came together great in the end. It did. It did. Um, yeah. How awesome seeing like, you know, elements of the empire and Darth Vader and clone wars animation. I mean, that was just, mm-hmm. and he looks so much better than in, in rebels. Oh, he, yeah. he was kind of like a pointy <laughs> weird helmet in, in rebels and it just looked great, you know? Yeah, you know, I wonder if these were clones that were wearing like the the stormtrooper and snowtrooper armor, mm-hmm. or, if, or if it was long enough where it was like a mix of like recruits and stuff at this point. Like, because like yeah, I, I said, know. we just we don't really know. Like you said, it seems like there's a, a a significant time jump because you know it just seems like you know such a different you know scenario than it was you know in the previous scene. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, we obviously don't know. But it's it's uh, you know in in any case, it's just really powerfully done, just masterfully done, and. The execution of it all and you know when when the last like shot is of the the clone trooper helmet with ahsoka's markings and you mm-hmm. in the reflection you see vader walking away it's just mm-hmm. just walk like you know just like the metaphorical like separation of master and apprentice there like they're yeah. moving away from it just it's 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 really powerful stuff and mm-hmm. i was really like like you said it was really sad to see it and how it played out and unfolded but at the same time it was satisfying to see that you know the the series concluded Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like, you know, when we're watching the Skywalker saga, you know, the rise of Skywalker and we kind of, you know, that's where we see, you know, the Skywalker saga is complete, but I feel like it, it kind of wasn't, and maybe it was the overall like Star Wars saga didn't really feel complete until this moment in this last episode of mm-hmm. Clone Wars season seven. Yeah. I kind of look at these last four episodes as their own movie. And I would say it's on par with episode three, you know, it's, it's it's so good. I don't even think of it as being animated. It's it's awesome. It, yeah, exactly. It's just execution. Everything is so so awesome and yeah. Just I'm sad that it's it's over. But mm-hmm. and and I'm kind of sad too that we don't have all the great toys that you know we should be having right now. Like if this were like ten years yeah. ago, like all the toys that we would have to go along with it. Like you know we're just missing so many things, and I hope that we get a lot of that stuff soon because yeah. who doesn't want a, a an ahsoka season seven figure and you know i know six inch scale or three and three quarter inch scale or captain rex or maul or bo-katan mm-hmm. or mandalorians uh in darth maul you know armor like any of that stuff yeah awesome. i don't know what's going on i like i've said before I, I get sad that the um five poa three and three quarter inch has gone away because we had i guess the last of the figures were the resistance ones right 
Um, and you had to think these would have sold a lot better than the Resistance ones um, if they had done some Clone Wars style in the animation style and, and getting stuff like, you know, in the style of this, which just would have been awesome. Yeah, uh, totally. Um, yeah, such a missed opportunity. But I guess, you know, we're in different times as well, mm-hmm. um, not just with everything going on in the world right now, but. Just the toy industry as a whole, you know, it's 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 way different. And obviously with Star Wars toys, even mass marketed ones by Hasbro, they're focusing a lot more on the collector now than they ever have before. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, here's hoping that, you know, I know they're focusing on the Empire Strikes Back right now, the 40th anniversary. But here's hoping that the second half of the year is going to be all Clone Wars, all Mandalorian, mm-hmm. all stuff. Maybe they're catching up on from Rise of Skywalker. I'll, I'll be completely down with all of that if that's what their plan is ultimately. Yeah, let's hope. I mean, I mean, kids still do love toys. I, I don't really believe that uh, toys aren't for kids anymore, and it is a little weird. I, like I've heard some of the things from Hasbro that they're just focusing directly on the collector, that they want the collector to tell them what to make now. Um, yeah, just make some cool toys that kids want to play with, and, and they'll sell. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about um, character development. I think we already touched on Anakin pretty well, but I, I did want to go back to Maul. Uh, and how he's changed as a character since we first got introduced to him, you know, 21 years ago in The Phantom Menace. Yeah. Where, you know, you don't really get a whole lot of his, you don't get any of his backstory, really. All you know is that he's the apprentice of of the Emperor of, of, of the time, Darsidious. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really all you know. You know that he's like his apprentice. He's out there, you know, carrying out these missions to, um, you know, get the queen to sign the treaty and, and this and that. I mean, that's, you know, he fights the Jedi and he kind of serves that purpose and he gets, you know, I'm doing air quotes. He gets killed by <laughs> by Obi Wan. Yeah. Um, but having him come back in Clone Wars, I know there were a lot of groans at first, like, "Oh, what a cheap move!" You know, they're bringing back Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. But it it really has transformed not only Clone Wars, not only Maul as a character, but like the entirety of like the Star Wars saga, like all that oh, yeah. they've been able to contribute through his character to Star Wars, hasn't it? Definitely. Um, yeah. He's he's grown a lot as a character. You know, his name is Maul. He was just kind of like the enforcer sent out there to do uh, Palpatine's bidding and stuff. But, um, you know, the relationship uh, with his mother and his brother and focusing him more on, on what he really wants, uh, which is, you know, revenge on Kenobi and <clears throat> seeing him, you know, uh, leading the, the crime syndicates and, and the you know taking over Mandalore and then uh, eventually heading up um, uh, Crimson Dawn. Um, yeah, he definitely grew. It's something that Star Wars needed, even though it didn't know it needed it at the time. And yeah, it definitely isn't eye rolling anymore. He's one of the most beloved characters in the saga and, um, for good reason. Yeah. um, He's grown a lot. And, you know, when, when we first see him in Clone Wars and he's kind of just like this crazy, like guy who's had to survive off of his rage and eating Mm -hmm. rats and all. All the weird stuff he was doing with his spider legs and, you know, just like seeing him grow over the course of Clone Wars, you know, from that to um, going to Dathomir and, you know, seeing like, you know, the, uh, what were they, like Sith witches or, Mm -hmm. yeah, like just, just seeing how, you know, he met up with his brother and, you know, that put him on a new course for revenge against Obi-Wan, but also like bringing him back into the fold of everything that was going on and then having him you know conquer mandalore and then i mean it's just it's just wild like we we, there's no other character like that in the star wars saga that has gone from basically being like 
like like dead. I mean, you know, for all intents mm-hmm. and purposes, he was dead. And then being able to go and take over an entire like planet. I mean, you could argue that you know Sidious did that and uh, Vader did that, but it's it's not really the same because they their purposes throughout the saga have been different, and the way that they mm-hmm. have come into power has been radically different. But I mean, Maul was basically dead, and you know, just through his sheer like you know will for for revenge and anger and and hatred and everything, he was able to do all these these crazy things that have really like you know, propelled his character, like, all the way basically up until close to the original trilogy, you know, as we see him, mm-hmm. like, at the end of Rebels. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I said, he, he got focused, he knew what he wanted, and I don't know, he he definitely is walks the Sith side, or the dark side stuff, but I never really think of him as being so bad like I do Dooku or, or Sidious. Um, you know what I mean? Like, he, he's just out for revenge, and he lets yeah. the, the, the hate guide him and stuff, and he really is kind of like uh you know the the opposite side of, of the jedi you know what they should be and, and it's it's cool to, to get that perspective and it's not really you know the, the the dooku and the darth vader and the darth Sidious side yeah you're right i mean he's not like i mean i do see him that way in phantom menace like i do see him as like a mm-hmm. sith and like you know he's obviously evil he's obviously the bad one one of the bad guys but um he becomes like a sympathetic character once, you know, you do see him in Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's obviously doing bad things. He's obviously using the dark side of the force, but you know, you do feel for him all that he's, he's gone through and you know how he comes into power, but then, you know, Sidious kills his brother and you know, I mean, you really, mm-hmm. you know, you connect to him differently than, than you did just by, you know, him being in Phantom Menace. And then, you know, like he obviously like accumulates a lot of power and he obviously is ambitious, but, it doesn't seem like his de- his demand for power. It's not the same as like the emperor. The emperor wants power for yeah. the sake of power. Like Maul mm-hmm. doesn't seem to do it because he wants to as much as he because he can do it. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean like even when he's taken over like Mandalore, it's like you can tell. I mean like he's he's content and stuff, but it doesn't seem like that's necessarily what he wants. He just kind of does it because he can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um. Yeah, and, and then, you know, obviously he's lost his power at the end of Clone Wars, but then, you know, we see him pop up later. We see him mm-hmm. uh, in Solo, and he's he's kind of, you know, running things behind the scenes again, and uh, I, I presumably he loses it at some point, because then when we see him in Rebels, like, there's no hint of any of that anymore, so. <laughs> yeah, there's know. still more story to be told with this character, yeah. and um, bring it there's... on, you know, it's he's one of the best parts of Clone Wars, um, aside from maybe Ahsoka and, and Anakin and, and the clones, but... Yeah, I'm so glad they they put him in there. You know, I'm glad they didn't let. One of the things that that George does, he does what he wants to do, and he doesn't let other people tell them there, there's no reaction here to the fans. And and he put the character in there, and, and it turned out great. It did. It was it was really great to have him back. And um, you know, I mean, we just see him a lot differently now than we did, you know, twenty twenty one years ago. So awesome stuff. Uh, also Ahsoka, I mean, like we said earlier, you know, she's come a long way, uh, those early seasons, season one, the Clone Wars film, people were complaining. They were like, you know, mm-hmm. how could Anakin have an apprentice if it was never like alluded to in, in Revenge of the Sith or Attack of the Clones? And it's kind of out of left field, but, uh, that thought, those, those thoughts have kind of gone away because she's really developed and not even just now, but even when, you know, the, the earlier seasons were progressing, you know, up to her departure from the Jedi Order, I mean, people really change their attitude towards the character. And, yeah, and then definitely. If, even into Rebels, you know, like you see her arc continue. Like it's just, 
it, it, it's again another it's a 180 from where you know she started to where she ended up mm-hmm. yeah just watching her grow um i remember starting the series and even in this clone wars she's very annoying in the in the first season um but she really does even into the course of rebels just grows into a, a leader and a woman and real mature and i mean it's awesome to see a, a character uh, portrayed like that especially a female character yeah um and everybody loves her now it's it, a lot of people you ask who's your favorite character and a lot of people are going to say ahsoka so yeah. yeah definitely had a big impact on, on culturally and star wars in general yeah and you know I'm, I'm i'm at times i'm tempted to say that she's my favorite character as well because of the arc that she's had because all the mm-hmm. adventures we've been on with her over all the, this time i mean she'd definitely be in the top five i, I definitely you know she'd definitely be there she's an amazing character yeah. and she's come a long way her story is amazing and i i don't think i don't think we're done with ahsoka I, I definitely think there's going to be more and you know i'm just looking forward to no matter what you know kind of medium that may you know mm-hmm. come about in well, there's the I guess there are rumors. I'm not sure they're confirmed that she might be in Mandalorian season two, um, played by Rosario Dawson. But I'm not sure that's been confirmed yet. Could still be a rumor, but fingers crossed. Um, we'll get more of her, maybe even live action. Yeah, because she's still out there. We know that at this point yeah. in Mandalorian, she is out there. You know, last we saw her, she was with Sabine, like hunting for or you know searching for Ezra and, and Thrawn, mm-hmm. right? So she's out there, and uh, you know we don't know where her story ultimately ends so you know there's definitely tales to be told and you know with both her and Moloch you were saying earlier so um yeah here's hoping we get more of that and (laughs) yeah great stuff oh yeah Clone Wars just added so much to the Star Wars lore uh made me much more of a fan than I would have been just watching the movies um so if anybody's been sitting here listening to us talk about this for for this long now uh, if you haven't checked the entire Clone Wars out go back it's on Disney Plus now. Uh, watch it. Um, there's a lot of great uh, character growth, and you get to see a lot of things that you wouldn't see in the films. And you're really missing out if you guys are not um, watching the animated side of Star Wars. It adds so much to the to the overall Star Wars saga. I mean, yeah, if you've never seen Clone Wars, you've only seen parts of it. I mean, yeah, you owe it to yourself to go back. And mm-hmm. the episodes are what 22 minutes, I think. So yeah, most of them. So yeah, I mean, if you watch one a day, you know, 22 minutes and. It might take a while because there's a lot of start of Clone mm-hmm. Wars, but um, it, it's so well worth it. Just make sure you're following that um, chronological, you know, guide that's on StarWars.com. We'll throw a link to it in the show notes yeah. if anybody's interested in that. <laughs> but um, yeah, great stuff. It's added so much to the to the overall uh, series. It's it's added to how much I love Star Wars, and you know, just when you don't think that's really possible to love Star Wars more yeah. than you already do, you know, Clone Wars has really made me love Star Wars so much more. And uh, it's been an amazing ride and, you know, I'm going to miss it, but, you know, these episodes will always live on, you know, mm-hmm. and um, like I said, here's hoping that we get more merchandise. Here's hoping that these, these, uh, these, these stories continue to live on in new ways and we continue to explore some of these characters and get more information about them. So, um, yeah, I think there's things to look forward to and, uh, you know, we'll always appreciate what Clone Wars added to the mythology of Star Wars and what it brought to the table and how, you know, it was just this really like insanely fantastically done series, you know, just mm-hmm. every way about it visually, you know, uh, the, in terms of the audio, the music and characters and I mean, all of it, just just the whole entirety of Clone Wars and the entirety of Star Wars that it added to it. It's just it's pretty legendary. Oh, yeah. Well, Dave, this has been a blast. I know we've gone uh, pretty long here, longer than we probably imagined we would talking That's about okay. Clone Wars. <laughs> 
But um, yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, where can our listeners go to find you online? Um, on most uh, uh, social media platforms, you can find me under Jurassic Dave 93 on Twitter, on Instagram, which is where I do most of my work, and uh, YouTube. I have a YouTube channel now if you just want to watch a very few amount of uh, videos about Jurassic Park toys or whatnot. But yeah, hit me up, um, send me some some comments. If you guys want to talk about Star Wars or anything else in pop culture and stuff, I'm, I'm more than happy to talk to anyone. Awesome. So yeah, I'll, I'll place links to your socials in the show notes as well. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. It's been a blast and I look forward to talking to you again in the future. All right. Thanks a lot, Victoria. And that's a wrap for this episode. Victoria's Cantina began on YouTube and you can find plenty of toy content on the Victoria's Cantina YouTube channel. We are also on Instagram, constantly showcasing toy photography at Victoria's Cantina, as well as Facebook at Victoria's Cantina, and on Twitter, ranting and raving about toys and other nonsense at Vic's Cantina. For fun and random toy clips, follow us on TikTok at Victoria's Cantina. Got a question or something you'd like to share with us? Drop us a line in the fax machine. You can email victoriascantina at yahoo.com. If you are so inclined and wish to drop a coin in the tip jar, we are on Patreon, where you can gain greater access to the channel while helping to keep the content rolling. For VC-branded merchandise such as t-shirts, ball caps, mugs, and other fun stuff, visit us on Teespring and TeePublic. Links to all of these magical places can be found in the show notes. Do you got a minute or two? If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating and drop a brief review explaining why you enjoy the show. As always, I'm Victoria, and no matter where you're listening out in the galaxy, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to the Cantina Chatter Podcast. Oh,